What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney 50 Ironman courses 50 consecutive days through all 50 states That's what James Lawrence otherwise known as the Iron Cowboy did James is originally from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. He grew up a wrestler and later in life came to love endurance racing to escape the hectic routine of corporate America. After losing everything in 2008, James turned his newfound passion for triathlon racing and went on to break two world records within three years. In 2015, James accomplished the unthinkable despite everyone saying his end goal was impossible. He completed 50 Ironman distance triathlons in 50 days in each of the 50 United States, the 50-50-50. Get ready to throw impossible out the window in this inspiring episode with one of the most impressive endurance athletes in history. If you're listening to this podcast, there is a good chance that your physical fitness is one of the most important aspects of your life. So why do you keep wearing those old workout shorts that are falling apart? Or even worse, when you're at the gym and something smells a little ripe? If that's the case, it's time to turn in those old shorts for a new pair of 10,000 shorts. 10,000 makes it super simple to purchase your new favorite workout apparel. My new favorite short is their distance short, which is super comfortable, lightweight, and perfect for all of my fitness goals. I can say without a doubt that 10,000 shorts are the most comfortable workout shorts I've ever worn. Like myself, 10,000 is obsessed with nailing the fit with the highest quality materials and construction. For the listeners of What Got You There, 10,000 is offering 20% off your first order of shorts. Yes, that's 20% off. This is just in time to purchase the perfect holiday gift for your loved one or even treat yourself to a new wardrobe for the New Year's goals. 10,000 makes three types of shorts for every way you train. The interval short that's built for versatility and mobility and perfect if you're into a bit of everything. It comes with an optional built-in liner that's the perfect compression without being too tight. It's made from super fine Italian fabrics. Ooh, fancy. So it's not just functional, but more comfortable without losing any support. And you need that support. The foundation short that's built for durability and perfect for anything with barbells, strength training, or even a weekend adventure. The distance short, my personal favorite, it's a super lightweight short, breathable and built for running. Also with a built-in liner, these shorts fade away while you run. When you check out, make sure you request their one-in-one-out kit. They do this super cool thing when you can send in your old gear you have for recycling and you'll get 10% off your next order. Head over to 10,000.cc to check out their gear and use discount code WGYT to receive 20% off your order. And if for some reason you don't love them, they have your back with free shipping, free exchanges, and free returns. That's 10,000.cc and use discount code WGYT. A few months ago, my body was experiencing a ton of pain, and that's when my friend and former podcast guest, Noah Olson, turned me on to Pure Spectrum CBD. Their CBD products have been tremendous in relieving a lot of the pain in my body. Their products are pure because everything they make is tested every time for quality, consistency, and efficiency. They're 100% organic, third-party tested, there's a 100% guarantee, and they're THC-free. If you want to receive 10% off the entire site, head to purespectrumcbd.com and enter code WGYT. That's 10% off the entire website at purespectrumcbd.com with code WGYT. 
For the What Got You There listeners who love to travel and want to see the world, listen up. We've teamed up with Globekick, who make it affordable to enjoy peak life experiences with like-minded people from around the world. Globekick expertly designs, curates, and scouts global adventures for you to join. Each trip lasts one week and is designed to balance their unique blend of adventure, culture immersion, and relaxation. Globekick has some epic adventures planned, such as cage diving with great white sharks in Cape Town, South Africa, dog sledding and northern light chasing in Norway, and to see the rest, head to globekick.com. If you want to travel the world with your kind of people and not break the bank, then make sure to stop at globekick.com and enter code WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy. Welcome to What Got You There. How are you today? Hey, man. Good. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Yeah, no, of course. When I think of mental toughness and some of the strongest human beings I've ever come across in terms of research, you are right there at the top. So this is an (laughs) honor for me. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, no, of course. So the 50-50-50. Let's unpack that for the listeners just so they know some context into you, who the Iron Cowboy is all about. Yeah, the uh, the fifty fifty wasn't uh, something I just woke up one day and said, you know what, I'm going to get off off the couch. I'm going to do this. Um, it it kind of evolved over a long time, uh, a, de- a decade really. And uh, I, you know, I got my start in in endurance racing much later in life than than most people. Didn't grow up doing it, obviously. Um, grew up as a wrestler, but um, you know, my wife and I found the sport together and and just started dabbling and. And started to to race and have fun and really fall in love with the community, and uh, you know one thing led to another and it escalated. Uh, we, we ended up breaking a couple world records in in endurance racing, um, and then in 2015 uh, embarked on a journey that uh, many or most all people said was um, totally impossible, and uh, and we attempted to do 50 full Ironman triathlons in 50 consecutive days. You know, one in every state. And for the listeners that don't know what a, a full Ironman triathlon consists of, it is a 2.4-mile swim, a 112-mile bike ride, followed by a full marathon run, 26.2 miles, and that totals 140.6 miles all done in a single day. <laughs> I, I mean, it's tough for most listeners, I think, to conceptualize that for doing one of those events, maybe in a lifetime, where they really work hard and build up to that. So to think about you doing 50 of those in 50 days is just unbelievable. Do you think that's the most impressive feat in endurance racing there's been so far? Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I'm allowed to have an opinion because I did it. Um, it, it is being called the greatest endurance um, feat in sporting history. Um, it's, it was seven weeks of, of go. And, uh, that, that's just a long time to do it. Uh, there's so many really cool and great feats that, that, that aren't talked about that people have done. Um, greatest is, is in the, obviously the, the eye of the, the beholder. Um, I'm just, I'm just a father out there trying to do cool, epic things. And, uh, and hopefully this ranks up there with some of the most difficult and, and exciting challenges that have been attempted and completed. Yeah, no, sorry to put you on the spot there. Humility, yeah, okay. I, I know is a huge factor for you and it's how you live your life. So I, I was just curious how you uh, would answer that. I know a lot of people in the endurance world have said that is the most impressive thing from an outsider's perspective looking in, I think it really is. So kudos to you. It's unbelievable what you were able to accomplish. And I'm curious, you mentioned this took place in 2015, right? 
Yeah, 15, yeah, so, so three in, years ago. Yeah, so in 2012, you break the world record for most full triathlons done in the year. Why wasn't that enough? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I thought it was going to be enough, and um, I, I'm definitely not one of those people that I have to keep upping the ante. I mean, even today, everybody asks me what's next, and I'm like, no, I'm good. There, there isn't <laughs> a next. Next next for me now is is going around the world and sharing our message of, of, of redefining your definition of impossible and what difficult and tough means to you. Um, you, you know, I, I, I finished that 2012 year, and man, I, I just learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the sport. I learned a lot about recovery and, and pushing limits. And and at the time, as I was sitting there, it was, it was absolutely the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, but, but I knew that there was more. And, and part of me said, you know, what What happens when you reach a breaking point? Because I really didn't reach a breaking point in 2012. Um, like I said, it was difficult, but it, it didn't it didn't really push me physically, mentally. I had prepared really well for it, and and I just said to myself, you know, what what's what 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 does happen, and what do I do as as a human um, when I reach some physical, mental barriers? And so for me, I just I just like you know, what is what is it, it, what is the best or closest thing I can think of to impossible, and and can I? can I pull that off? And, and I truly, I modeled this off of a pioneer in our industry, Dean Carnassus. I mean, he did 50 marathons, 50 days, 50 states. It's still talked about today. Um, and it was an incredible feat in its day. And um, the sport has, has evolved and, and, and boundaries continue to be pushed. But I was like, man, that dude has, has changed a lot of people's lives and impacted and motivated thousands by doing that 50 marathons. And I, I just thought to myself, man, what happens if, if I could figure out and, and pull off that same thing with, with Ironmans. Um, and that's truly where, where it was born and, and what it was, um, you know, kind of, kind of sprouted from. I mean, it's funny to hear you talk about 2012 and how you break a world record and it wasn't quite pushing you enough. And so then you do the 50, 50, 50 after going through that, was it more difficult or less difficult than, than you thought it would be? Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent more difficult than than I could have ever imagined, and, and I think I think I think with a lot of people, we need to go into this with an intelligent mind and a game plan. But I think there's a sense of of being naive about how difficult something is that is that is poetic <laughs> or, or or good. I, I think I think with things that if they're truly hard and truly difficult and they're going to challenge us we, we can't expect the how difficult it's going to be and then and then if we really knew how difficult it was going to be i don't think we would ever try or attempt to do anything and so i think i think half naively i think i'm, I'm grateful that i that i didn't know truly how hard it was going to be because i i went into it with with an overwhelming amount of confidence and you have to have that kind of confidence with this type of thing because um, and I say in one of my videos, if you, if you don't have confidence and believe in yourself and go all in, there's no point in even starting the goal. Um, and so, I mean, it really starts with belief in you. And I think it's great that I underestimated how tough it was because um, I really believed and, and went all in. And then once we got into the thick of it, then it becomes a a lesson of, of adversity, sticking to it and figuring out how to navigate those very difficult and challenging waters. Do you think confidence is the key differentiator for elite performers and people who are accomplishing extraordinary things? Uh, absolutely. 
yeah, you're, you know, there, you have to have a certain swagger. I mean, take Conor McGregor. He's a beautiful example of the right amount of swagger, sometimes bordering on, on hmm. too much. Um, it, we kind of witnessed that in his most recent fight, but I mean, you, you just have to go out. Um, and not, there's a difference between the right amount of swagger and then pure arrogance, right? There's a, there's a difference between cockiness and, and the right amount of self-confidence and belief and conviction. Those are very different things that we're talking about. And the difference between somebody who is going to accomplish something like this and something that somebody that isn't going to accomplish something like this fully comes down to the amount of belief and conviction and, and, I guess swagger that somebody has about their ability to pull it off and and it starts there and then it has to develop and cultivate. So then to make you uncomfortable again and talk about self-confidence, do you think your belief in yourself might be stronger than, than anyone else there is that allows you to do the most difficult tasks there are on this planet? Do you think you can, you can dig deeper into your brain, into your willpower? I think there's a lot of people that can, that can dig deep. Um, I, I just had an opportunity to showcase it. Um, I believe I, I have a lot of experience in it now. Um, I believe there isn't very much that I can accomplish with the right team around me and the, and the right resources. Um, one of the biggest things I, uh, and mistakes I see people make is they set a huge goal and then they don't give it the respect that the goal deserves both in time and in effort and in sacrifice in order to accomplish it. So the, I truly believe, I mean, one of my taglines is no goals too big. And I truly believe that, but people have to realize that no goals too big with the appropriate amount of respect for the time to accomplish said goal. And so I, I truly believe that I could do a hundred Ironmans, um, over a hundred days, but the amount of effort and, 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 and discipline that that would take, I'm currently not willing to do, which most people aren't, they're not willing to do it. But I, I have enough confidence that put a challenge in front of me. If the, if the, um, outcome or the, the risk is worth it to me and I, and I have the uh, desire to, to put forth the time and energy into that, I, I can accomplish anything that I that I truly put my mind to. That's tremendous perspective and perspective, I think, based much on, on experience there. So 2012, you break the record for the full marathons. Was that almost a letdown? I mean, here you, you break a world record, but it didn't push you to where you knew you could be pushed. Uh, man, it, it wasn't a letdown only because I experiences that I learned, the growth that I had, the people that I met. And I think it was in, invaluable for me not knowing the trajectory of where we were going. And so um, not a letdown because it was, it was a stepping stone or a milestone on the journey that ultimately ended up, you know, changing our lives and, and many lives along the way. And so I think letdown is the, the wrong word. I, I think it was more of a, a, an, an eye-opening or a realization that we haven't even scratched the surface of, of potential. And so it was more exciting than anything else. Um, because I, I don't regret at all the impact that, that we were able to have in 2012. And, and really, without 2012, there's no 2015, and you and I aren't having this conversation. I absolutely love that. And I, I use that verbiage to see how, how you responded to it, because I, I love how you're, you're not able to, to twist things, but there's a certain insight and perspective you have in, in how you view and you accomplish goals and what you get out of those challenges you face. So it's really cool to hear you talk about that. I'm curious, yeah, yeah when we're, we're talking about the 50 days, I mean, there has to be some just absolutely dogged, grueling times. Was there ever a point where you're like, this just isn't happening? I'm not completing this? You know, so here's here's what's unique, and I do get this question a lot, and I've had a lot of time to think about it and and reflect back onto, onto the time that I had. 
um, in 2000, 2015. And, you know, there, there, I was never in a position where I had a moment where I was going to quit. Um, and, and I talk about this from stage about how we have those internal conversations or dialogues with ourselves, and, and we are our toughest critics and those internal voices are never going to go away. The reality is, is we just get better at having those conversations with ourselves. And, um, there was never a moment where I was going to quit. Um, there was moments of, of reflection and there was moments of, you know what? I'm really struggling right now. And to be honest with you, I just need a minute. And, and I think in life and on journeys that we're on, eh, we have to have those com- real conversations with ourselves. And then we have to realize that it's okay to take a minute to feel sorrow, to feel disappointment, to feel all of these things, as long as the game plan is to adjust and get back up and to continue on. And I think that's where people oftentimes misstep or, or lose perspective on, on what they're doing is they they just look at it as as success or failure and, and not as a moment to reflect and evaluate um, and maybe shift um, what we're doing to improve how we're doing it. I mean, I love where we're going with this conversation, conversation and you mentioned shift and I'm thinking about mind shift and, and reading in your book, you talk about Connecticut and, and how there was a true mind shift there. Can you kind of share that for the listeners, what happened there and then how that mind shift really propelled you forward? Yeah, I mean, that that was the moment I asked for, right? I said, I want to know what I do when I reach some mental and physical limits. And, and I think I, I reached those um, to my satisfaction on day 30 in Connecticut, and I'm on the side of the road, and I'm really having that that an internal struggle and conversation with myself going, okay, what, what is it going to take and how do, how do we readjust this? And is this worth it? And all of those things and, and doubts and criticisms that we have. And, and really it, it, it came down to me changing my perception on what I was doing and how I was doing it and the reasons that I was doing it. Everybody always says, find your why, what's your why, what, why are you doing things? Um, and it's and it's not necessarily just finding your why; it's finding your your purpose and all of your whys. Because when it got real for me on on day thirty, my one why wouldn't have been enough. The the maybe the one why of when when I started, and it was during those conversations that you develop a reason, a purpose um, that is bigger than than just your one why. And and once I once I you know truly sat down and and looked at it from a perspective of trying to prove people wrong. And and I shifted to an attitude of trying to prove myself right and, and shifting to doing this for the right reasons. That's when we were able to start um, to execute at a really high level. And and I let go of a lot of the emotions and, and difficulties that we were having as a team. I, I let go of responsibilities and 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 let let members of the team control their their part of it which allowed me to to really focus and 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 hone in on what I was trying to do and from that moment on um kind of had a rebirth and uh and hit hit a solid reset button with with perspective and sacrifice and everything in mind and we went on to to do the fastest 20 of the 50 and they were our last ones in my final and 50th Iron Man was was an eleven thirty two Iron Man, and we dipped under seven minute miles um, during portions of that that run, and shed all thirty five hundred people that showed up with that day. Um, I mean, no, nobody nobody expected that to happen, and that and that only came because I I found 
found my some of my limits and then uh, adjusted I, I recommitted went all in and uh, and and just found another level of purpose and, and reason to do what we were doing just hearing you talk about those numbers is absolutely incredible and, and for the people not as familiar you'll just have to look at at how impressive those numbers are not only for any iron man but to think about it, that's the 50th you said the word rebirth and i'm thinking was this a rebirth just for accomplishing these 50 or was it a rebirth you think for the rest of your life uh for sure a rebirth for the rest of my life i mean it, it, it's what i asked for right again i meeting those limits and finding out what I'm going to do and, and what it takes when you're, when you're, you know, really feel like you're, you're backed up against the wall and, and you just, you just, you know, success breeds success, confidence breeds confidence. And, and it's just, you know, you learn lessons and people always ask me, Hey, what's the secret to success? How do I become mentally tough? And the, 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 the difficult answer is you have to intentionally become uncomfortable and you have to put, you know, purposely put yourself in situations to where, where they're difficult and, and uncomfortable. And those are the moments that you learn, you adapt, you grow, you evolve all these things that are, that are difficult. And, um, you know, th- those lessons transform and transpire into other aspects of your life, not just, not just endurance racing. I'm thinking about some of the mental games you must have been playing with yourself just just to get through each day. And I've heard you mention about you could you could picture things in single digits. But when yeah, yeah. So can you talk about that? I loved hearing your perspective on that. Yeah, you know, as as you get deeper into something and things become so big, you you can't focus on the enormity of it, and you have to you have to break things down. And and I, I talk often about you know things were so difficult I had to you know focus on literally the, the the next step or the next minute or being perfect for one second and and only then could you conceptualize I, I couldn't conceptualize 140 miles today but i can i can conceptualize the next step and and you know when we got deeper into the campaign i, I couldn't think oh man i've got 15 ironmans to go i would say man I've, I've got six to go to nine to go and and i could conceptualize six ironmans and uh, and i could I could tolerate nine, and so that those were palatable numbers for me. And so I'd play mind games and tricks and break things down to where mentally I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I can, I can, I can do that," or that makes sense to me. And the, you know, we weren't allowed to talk in in big, big, big numbers. We had to break everything down into smaller, palatable, more manageable numbers for the for the mind to to wrap themselves around. So I mean, that's where your mind goes when you're completing one of the most impressive feats of all time. What about when you're just training? You're out there on a, on an extremely long run, swim, bike, be what it is. Um, where's the mind going? Yeah, the mind goes everywhere. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just those conversations you get to have. I do a lot, you know. To be to be honest, I do a lot of audiobook listening when I'm riding on those longer rides. It's it's my opportunity to kind of grow as a person or learn. Or sometimes I just go in silence and and have conversations with myself. But I think those are some great times to reflect. There's not a lot of distractions, and it's just kind of you out there with your breath. And um, and you're figuring you're figuring stuff out, and so I I just think it's a great opportunity for me on these longer rides to allow my mind to go places and be creative. I think I think there's just so many distractions. Um, sometimes we just let our kids be bored because that's a lost art of of being bored and being with your own thoughts. And so I kind of look forward and relish some of those moments. And then you know when training gets hard, I'm like, this is a great opportunity again, becoming uncomfortable intentionally. This is a great opportunity for me to to work on um, growing when things are difficult um, in, you know, when, when, I, when I don't have a choice. 
And so I'm going to use this as a, an, a moment to gain experience for when I am backed into a corner and I can, I can look back on this experience and say, you know what, I, I did it on this day, I can do it again. I mean, we talk about mental pain. What about just the physical pain your body's going through the time? Is, is there one specific thing that you could just remember back to that, man, that really sucked? <laughs> yeah, there, there's a there's a long, dirty list of, of <laughs> physical pains that sucked. You know, for me, the biggest one that can stand out, and and it still bothers me today, is is I tore I tore my shoulder on day number five um, in California, and so I I had to figure out how to how to get through 45 swims with with one arm and uh, and manage that pain and the the pain didn't go away. It didn't get wor- uh, better. Um, I just got better at navigating that pain and, and, and getting through that. And again, that's just, again, it's just experience, um, that, that you're doing and intentionally allowing your body to grow and figure out, um, different levels of, of pain management. And, um, yeah, it just, it just comes with experience, but my shoulder was, was for sure, uh, uh, something that was plagued us almost the entire time. Sorry. I'm trying to remember. Was the shoulder injury from when you fell asleep on the bike? No, so the the shoulder injury. Uh, I fell asleep on the bike on day eighteen. Uh, day five is when I tore my shoulder, and it and it stems way back to my wrestling days when I when I when I had surgery on it. I tore the the middle deltoid, um, and then just the the hours and hours of, of prep swimming and and whatnot. It was just breaking it down, and it just just hit a breaking point on on day five, and and kind of put a small tear again in that deltoid, and I, I had to figure out just how to figure out how to keep going. <laughs> Nothing like a little adversity. You mentioned your wrestling right. background. You're from Canada originally. I want to know, like looking back after some of these things you've completed, how much do you attribute to your wrestling career? I, I know a lot of people say wrestlers, mentally toughest athletes you'll come across. Do you believe a lot in that? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think those were the early breeding grounds um, for, for mental toughness, training and experience. Um, I think a lot about my training days and wrestling and just the, the weight cutting aspect of it and how grueling mentally that is and the discipline around food and I mean, countless practices and moves and repetition. I, I also say, you know, I like to, to quote on stage that um, a high tolerance for monotony is a decidedly underrated superpower hmm. um, because when things become the toughest, they should become the easiest because we've done and mastered the basics over and over again. It's like Karate Kid, right? He was like pissed off because he had to wax the car and <laughs> paint the fence and he didn't understand it and he was bored with uh, going over those repetitions. But then when he was in the fight of his life, I mean, look what saved him. The monotony from doing those basic procedures helped him out. And so I think, I think you know, my wrestling days really uh, helped me understand and learn that repetition is great. Um, to, to not be bored with it. It's in those small details um, where success is really um, cultivated and, and where we can really build upon that that foundation. Yeah, no, when I, originally hearing about you, it, it only made perfect sense that originally a wrestler. I'm also curious about just the logistical problems, nightmares, execution that needs to take place in order for this to happen. Can you kind of break that down for us? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, people see the the headline, the 50, right? And they look at it as purely a physical or mental um, accomplishment. Uh, in my opinion, logistically, um, this is more impressive or uh, as impressive or more impressive than the others because there's just so many moving parts and so many, uh, so much that is unknown. 
um, to coordinate. We had to put on the 50 events in 50 states over 50 days and not having ever stepped in, you know, in any of these states and, and trying to coordinate and manage the, the 50 different people around, around the country. I mean, it was, it was a massive logistical um, feat that we had to do. I mean, you, you talk about consuming 12,000 calories a day and, and you talk about everything that had to go right and weather. And I mean, there's just so much to it that, that I, I think logistically this, this was a more, more as impressive feat as it was mentally or, or, um, physically. I mean, I think logistically perfectly segues into family and they were along the ride for you with this, weren't they? Yeah. I've got five kids <laughs> and, uh, you, you, know, you don't uh, like making things too easy on yourself, do you? No, I mean, they had, to be honest, they, they made it easier because it was, uh, this, this, you know, reconnection back to my family. We were credit, we were, we were heavily criticized for choosing, to do this in June and July, um, you know, obviously hotter, hottest months of the summer, um, unpredictable weather patterns. Um, uh, but that's when my kids were out of school and, uh, I wanted this to them to, to be a part of this. I wanted this to be a family thing. Um, and so I, I refused to, to do this without them. And, uh, it, it made it so special. Um, it, it, it created memories from, for them that they'll never forget. I mean, they got to do something super cool every single day in, in a new state. And how, how many how many people listening to this podcast or, or walking around can even say they've they've been to all fifty states and kind of kind of gave my gave my kids that gift and and yeah it was, it was just a lot of fun yeah I mean that's just an incredible gift like you just said I'm thinking about the life lessons the, the people that they got to meet along the way what they saw I mean they'll take that with them for the rest of their lives it's very cool I'm really glad that you did that and included the family I'm a huge family guy so I love seeing that and just even thinking about interesting ways I can have kids, family members involved in certain things that we do. So I really appreciate you doing that. And then also sharing that as well. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned weren't originally an ultra runner involved in endurance sports. How'd you first get into this? I know 08 hit you guys pretty hard as well. Like many people, right? Yeah. 08 hit us hard. And I, I was already, you know, dabbling in the endurance space at that time. And, and that kind of, you know, the, the losing everything kind of, kick-started or shifted us into into this journey but it honestly got got started with a, a simple four-mile fun run with my wife that we did together um, I struggled through that it was very difficult for me to run those four miles um, I was I've, I've been years removed from my my best wrestling version of myself <laughs> that we uh, you know the perpetual state of, of high school athletics that we want to stay in <laughs> or think we're in their entire lives but, um, you know, it, it just started super, super innocently. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I, I was out of shape and, um, just, just needed, needed an outlet and really found a love for the endurance and racing community and, and, uh, and kind of never looked back. I just, I still love it today. And, um, it's just a, just a great community to be involved with and the friendships I've, I've, I've developed and cultivated are second to none. I'm thinking about the listeners who, who wants to get involved in something like this and they're thinking about what you've talked about and, and setting these big audacious goals and say they set out a goal and maybe it's just it's just a simple 5K. What's the next step after setting a big audacious goal? Yeah, it's literally taking the first step. Motion creates emotion and, and what a lot of people do is they just continue to, um, you know, they continue just to think about the goal or to, you know, they're, they're scared to take that first step. 
and uh, uh, it, it seems so scary or daunting to to do it. But uh, and the hardest thing to do is start. And um, you know, for someone that has a big goal and it's physical in nature, one of the best advices I can give you is one: write out a plan, a simple plan of, of execution, and then and then just just start to 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 tick off the easy portions of the, those, the goals to get you closer to the big goal. Um, but ultimately give yourself an accountability partner, um, convince someone to, to take on this goal with you. Um, it's so much easier, especially getting up in the morning with busy lives, knowing that someone else is going to be there and, and you know, quote unquote, suffer through, um, whatever we're trying to accomplish together. And so, uh, an endurance or physical goal, always, um, get yourself an accountability partner and uh, it's just way more fun and, you, and you'll be much more successful. Yeah, no, that's some great advice. I'm, I'm thinking of right after you set this big audacious goal and you start your preparation work and your training, what's your training look like for the 50-50-50? Yeah, we, uh, you know, it, it's obviously a lot of swimming, biking, running, very specific. Uh, our coaching methodology is, you know, the art of specificity. Um, uh, my coach, David Warden, always says that. And, and I, I believe in it 100%. And it's, you want to be good at something, you have to do that with that, that one thing over and over again. And uh, we, we would train with specific things in mind. We're never just working out, we're training with purpose. Um, and so there's always a, an over, an, an over um, you know, an objective or a goal to each workout that we do. Um, and, and we just did that. We did a lot of swimming, a lot of biking, a lot of the right types of intensities at the right time. Um, and we, we mixed in a great, great, um, amounts and the right amounts of strength training, which is important and, and the therapy and the stretching and all of it, they go, I mean, people, people just, you know, they, they think, oh, it's just X amount of hours of training, but they, they, they glaze or look over the amount of time it takes to pay attention to the details. And we've all heard that success is in the details. And it, it's so true when it comes to endurance racing, because as the volume increases, that is intensity increases, we are much more susceptible to injuries. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it, it is the attention to the details that'll ultimately take you to, to success with this type of thing. Yeah. I'm thinking of the volume increase and you mentioned it when you were competing 10, 12,000 calories a day, how can you possibly throw enough food into your body just to, to maintain a balance for yourself? Yeah. If, if you could source it, we, we would, we would eat it. <laughs> um, and it, the hard part was, was, wasn't, wasn't eating it. The hard part was, was making sure we had enough quality food around. Um, your body, your body just craves it. So consuming it's easy, but it, you know, in, in all fairness, it was difficult to, to consume all the food because it becomes cumbersome. It becomes challenging to, you know, stressful on your digestive system and all that. But, but we, we did a great job. My team did a great job of getting good foods available for us. And, and, uh, you know, my wife just, worked around the clock trying to trying to source good good quality foods and everything for us to to eat and so you know huge credit to to her and our team for getting that amount of calories for us to eat we reached out to some listeners who have uh, completed the some ironmans to see if they had any questions for you and one that kept coming up what's your favorite course oh man there's so many great courses i love racing in europe um there's just so much so much great energy over there um I've I've had great times in in Germany and Switzerland. Um, love racing Ironman Cozumel. Um, it was one of, one of my first and one that I'll go back to to many times more yet. Um, yeah, just just love racing over there. The energy is just different. Um, some some of my favorite courses are for sure for sure in Europe. 
I'd love hearing about some of your other times overseas, Kilimanjaro, and then also running across Greece. I, I know these these weren't the the biggest things you're known for, but some of the life stories I heard you talk about from your experience there, I mean, it really hit me. So I would love if you could share a little bit about your experience. Yeah, I mean, Kilimanjaro was such a unique experience. I mean, we we, we took mountain bikes up there and and real tough terrain. I mean, e- e- four different ecosystems and it's an active volcano. It got very cold at the top. I mean, it's just crazy experience. Uh, um, and that 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 journey was more about just a personal challenge and, and getting up there and, and doing it with some buddies and some, some camaraderie, um, just a different kind of experience. And again, you know, I always learned the lesson that, that, uh, 10% of life is what happens to us. And 90% is how we choose to react to it. And I got on the mountain initially and I was a little bit frustrated and, and, um, you know, not having the experience that I wanted. And, and I just had to have a shift again. And I was like, you know what, the, the mountain's only 10% of this equation and everything else is how I, how I choose to react to it. And so, you know, always having these, these conversations and these mind shifts, no matter how much experience, you always got to look for ways to, to shift and grow and learn. And so I was, I'm grateful for all the experiences that I get. But last year I did, you know, got had a chance to run across Greece, 235 miles, with some some cool Navy SEALs, and and we did it to raise money for charity, and met some great people, and 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 helped some people through some of the some pretty difficult challenges there. Um, I, I got to do the Norse man, the Swiss man, Celt man, and Alaska man last year, which which led me to putting on my own race series here in the U.S. that are mountainous, difficult triathlons, one in Vermont and one in Utah. Um, and uh, people can find out more about those on on ironcowboyracing.com. But just just man, all experiences we just never know where it's going to lead us and what it's going to do. And I'm just just grateful for the things that that I've I've been able to to do and 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 go go participate in. Yeah, we're definitely going to have those linked up in the show notes. You mentioned your time with the Navy SEALs, and I'm thinking, can you remember one conversation or maybe a couple with people? in fields such as the Navy SEALs that are just able to go so far into the mental jungle and embrace the suck like you can? And can you guys really gel on things like that? Yeah, it was a lot of fun to to go with that group. And obviously they've done a, they've done a lot of um, mentally and physically challenging things. And at two, two guys in particular, um, they, they showed up and they were just like, yeah, we're just going to do this and hadn't done the specific work to do it. And it just, it just about, you know, broke them the first two days, just they, their body was adapting. And, and I absolutely counted them out um, as, as far as their ability to, to finish this thing. But man, I, I can't tell you how impressed I was as I watched them literally just with this, with the concept and notion and belief that the next step isn't going to kill you and that I'm going to, I'm going to adapt and evolve as I go. And, uh, I mean, to the point where these guys were, had to walk down the, the first couple of days, they were so wound and bound up. They had to walk down some of the hills backwards because the, it, was, it was so painful, um, uh, in these mountains. And, uh, by the end of it, they, they, they completed it. And it was just super, super interesting to watch, um, their mindsets, um, evolve and grow and shift and, and, and watch somebody else showcase that mental toughness. It was really, really cool. Are their names public? Uh, Mitch Aguilar, um, he's he's a he, he's a stud. Uh, he's out of the seals now, but he's an MMA fighter. Um, and he just he's actually become a really good friend of mine. Um, he, his his social media is pretty fun. And then um, oh man, the other guy's name has just slipped, slipped my mind right now. But the one guy, the one guy, Mitch Aguilar, and and we do a lot with um, 
Kyle Maynard. He's a he's a he's a, a quad amputee who does some amazing stuff. Has climbed Kilimanjaro. He was out there with us too, and to to hear his story and to watch him go, he's really cool. If people want an interesting follow, um, Kyle Maynard. He's he's just a, a great great example too of mental toughness and and life has dealt him a certain situation, and he he was like, I'm I'm going to absolutely make the best of this and. And uh, he he'd be a great great guest for your show. Both both Mitch, um, and um, and Kyle would be would be phenomenal. Yeah, two guys with unbelievable stories. Would love having both of those guys on. Uh, I'm curious to get back to you and and alter egos. And where did the Iron Cowboy name come from? Yeah, um, you know, Iron Man's a not a great spectator sport. <laughs> And and, uh, and so I, I'd wear a cowboy hat so that my kids could could see me coming. Um, I'd wear it during the during the marathon, and uh, and the name kind of just stuck. People really liked um, we'll call it a character, but they liked something different than 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 you know just the the normal person um, running through through the streets. And so it was it was a lot of fun for me to to develop this character and. and become known as as the iron cowboy and and it ended up you know eventually turning into an alter ego to where um you know i look at it as when you're backed up against the wall can you turn into this alter ego and and accomplish superhero feats um you know kind of kind of goes back and stems into that rebirth too when can you have a rebirth and, and bring out your alter ego when it's needed and when things become, you know, as difficult as they can, can you put on, can you, can you put on your uniform and, uh, and become a different person? Yeah. I think an alter ego is a great help, especially with feats such as the ones you're accomplishing. I know you're a huge MMA guy. Originally we were going to do this conversation just before the Khabib McGregor fight. Obviously yeah. Khabib dominated that. What are your thoughts oh, after man. the fight? Yeah. You know, it was a, it was an interesting fight. It was, uh, and I, I'm, obviously have no basis of, of in knowledge or anything, but Connor look, didn't look like, like himself. And he, he's been so, I mean, and, and no fault to him, but I mean, just so much money has been thrown at him and he was, he, he looked underprepared for the fight. Khabib truly dominated, um, that space. Um, I was just so disappointed because it almost looked like Connor was going through a checklist of to do's and he's like, okay, enter the ring, do my walk salute. Do, you know, he was kind of just going through these motions where in, in previous races, like against an Aldo, I mean, the dude was focused and so hyper, hyper engaged and whatnot. Um, I, I would love to see, I don't know that he deserves a rematch right away. Um, I'd like to see some other fights. I'd like Connor to get back to work and and become the the Connor of old. Um, eventually, I'd like to to see a rematch. Um, yeah, but it was it was just it was it was a good fight. Disappointing the way it ended. Only not only because Connor lost, but because of how Khabib uh, acted. Um, it, it was just it was just unfortunate. Connor will be back. I still. Were, unbelievable mad respect for him as a visionary um the goal to become one of the most recognized fighter in the world to cash those shoes his basically his his vision is is second to none and his ability to outwork people is also second to none yeah he certainly looked like a guy who hadn't competed in sport in two years you mentioned right. visionary and do you consider yourself a visionary for your sport and what you're doing um you know i i give a lot of credit to the people that have come before me and have kind of blazing that trail guys like like dean carnassus and rich roll and 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 guys that have done done it on such a high level before me 
um, I, I'm just honored to, to be in that category and, and be considered. Um, I, I, I believe my vision is strong and with the right team, uh, we can execute at a high level. Um, again, I, I'm just, I'm just a, I'm just a dude trying to do the best I can. Once again, humility, the the underlying <laughs> theme here. So it's very cool to hear that. I'm not expecting you to throw out some big audacious goal right now, but I mean, what are you really focused on? I know you're doing a great job growing your brand. I think 20 plus countries you were speaking in this past year. What do you currently have going on? And I want to make sure the listeners can get connected with you as much as possible here. Yeah, I mean, to hear more about the story that we've done, uh, we've got the free documentary on Amazon Prime. Um, the book is a totally different perspective of, of what we did. It's an autobiography of, of, about our family as well. That's available on Amazon. Uh, we just we just launched a protein. We're, we're, we're working on other nutritionals. Um, we've got the race series. Um, I'm getting back into racing this year. I'm doing the Cape Epic and the Swiss Epic, which are big mountain bike races. Um, there's just a lot of, lot of fun, exciting stuff coming out. Follow us on social media on, on Iron Cowboy James on Instagram. That's where we post a lot of stuff. It, it filters out to Facebook and, and Twitter, but that, that's where I'm most engaged in the stories and things like that. If you want to get kind of behind the scenes of our life, but really, man, what's next for me is just, just being engaged, um, with my family and, and helping people push through their own mental barriers and, and things like that. And so it, it's just, it's just been a lot of fun building the brand and, and helping people on, on their journeys. We do a lot of coaching teamironcowboy.com If you're trying to accomplish triathlons or big goals or running or easy, just five K's. I mean, we, we coach all of it and uh, we've got a great staff. My coach is involved. I'm involved. And so it's just, just a lot of fun. So just, just a ton going on. Um, best way to do it is just through our website, ironcowboy.com and through our social media. Yeah, no, you're a great follow on Instagram. We'll definitely have all that linked up for the website and how listeners can stay connected with you. But James, I, I really can't thank you enough. You're someone I've looked to for motivation and I know you're inspiring thousands. So keep up the great work. We're gonna continue to follow you. And thanks again for joining us on What Got You There. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that your physical fitness is one of the most important aspects of your life. So why do you keep wearing those old workout shorts that are falling apart? Or even worse, when you're at the gym and something smells a little ripe? If that's the case, it's time to turn in those old shorts for a new pair of 10,000 shorts. 10,000 makes it super simple to purchase your new favorite workout apparel. My new favorite short is their distance short, which is super comfortable, lightweight, and perfect for all of my fitness goals. I can say without a doubt that 10,000 shorts are the most comfortable workout shorts I have ever worn. Like myself, 10,000 is obsessed with nailing the fit with the highest quality materials and construction. For the listeners of What Got You There, 10,000 is offering 20% off your first order of shorts. Yes, that's 20% off. This is just in time to purchase the perfect holiday gift for your loved one or even treat yourself to a new wardrobe for the New Year's goals. When you check out, make sure you request their one-in-one-out kit. They do this super cool thing when you can send in your old gear you have for recycling and you'll get 10% off your next order. Head over to 10,000.cc to check out their gear and use discount code WGYT to receive 20% off your order. And if for some reason you don't love them, they have your back with free shipping, free exchanges, and free returns. That's 10,000.cc and use discount code WGYT. A few months ago, my body was experiencing a ton of pain, and that's when my friend and former podcast guest, Noah Olson, turned me on to Pure Spectrum CBD. 
their CBD products have been tremendous in relieving a lot of the pain in my body. Their products are pure because everything they make is tested every time for quality, consistency, and efficiency. They're 100% organic, third-party tested. There's a 100% guarantee, and they're THC-free. If you want to receive 10% off the entire site, head to purespectrumcbd.com and enter code WGYT. That's 10% off the entire website at purespectrumcbd.com with code WGYT. For the What Got You There listeners who love to travel and want to see the world, listen up. We've teamed up with Globekick, who make it affordable to enjoy peak life experiences with like-minded people from around the world. Globekick expertly designs, curates, and scouts global adventures for you to join. Each trip lasts one week and is designed to balance their unique blend of adventure, culture immersion, and relaxation. Globekick has some epic adventures planned, such as cage diving with great white sharks in Cape Town, South Africa, dog sledding and northern light chasing in Norway, and to see the rest, head to globekick.com. If you want to travel the world with your kind of people and not break the bank, then make sure to stop at globekick.com and enter code WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.